Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Work Alchemy podcast series on impact, talking with entrepreneurs and organizational leaders who contribute to building a more cooperative and positive future. I'm Ursula York, the host of this series. I'm a mentor to business people who want to have a positive effect on the world around them, building strong businesses by creating value for their clients, team members, and the larger world. I am so passionate about sharing with you the stories of entrepreneurs and leaders who have impact. They're inspiring and energizing role models. I hope you use what you learn here to be inspired about what you can do in your business and beyond. And I'm delighted to say that today's guest in this podcast series on impact is Barbara Stanny. I've been such a fan of hers. I'm delighted that she's here. When uh, a devastating financial crisis rocked her world, Barbara Stanny knew she had to get smart about money, and she did. Now she wants to empower every woman to take charge of their money and take charge of their lives. She's doing just that with her best-selling books, life-changing retreats, and private financial coaching. Welcome to the podcast, Barbara. Thank you, Ursula. I appreciate you inviting me here. It's absolutely my pleasure. So this topic of impact, I know, is one that uh, you connect with because your latest book, Sacred Success, so much touches on this. And I just wanted to start kind of at the beginning with why this particular business? What uh, What is it that drew you to it? I, I know you grew up in a wealthy family and you've been through so much since then, both personally and professionally. Was uh, was it out of that experience? Were there other things that drew you to have the business you have now? I had, you know, Ursula, money, helping <laughs> me with money was the farthest thing from my mind. I, I, I never <laughs> understood money. My father, you know, was the R of H&R Block, mm -hmm. very wealthy family, and his only advice to me about money was don't worry. <laughs> because under that was the unspoken assumption there will always be a man to take care of me, which I thought was great advice. Because <laughs> I didn't want to worry about money. I just wanted to spend it. Right. And then I married a man who was a lawyer, and then he went to work for Block. And then he became a stockbroker. So he was perfect, right? Mm -hmm. Well, I found out very early in our marriage that he was a compulsive gambler. Mm -hmm. And over the course of our 15 years together, every year, many times a year, I'd find out he gambled my money, my inheritance away. Wow. And here's the insane part. I continued to let him manage the money because that's how terrified, how intimidated I was by anything financial. And finally, after 15 years, I got a divorce and I decided money's not my thing. I do not want to deal with money. Well, I had this theory that if you don't deal with your money, your money will deal with you. Uh -huh. And in the next year, I got tax bills for way over a million dollars for back taxes my ex didn't pay for illegal deals he got us in. And of course, my signature was on everything. I just signed whatever he told me to sign. Uh -huh. And my I did not have a million dollars, not even close to it. My ex had left the country, and my father wouldn't lend me the money. And that's when I knew. That's when I hit bottom and I knew I had to get smart. I didn't know how I was going to do it, but I had three daughters and I was not going to raise those girls on the street. And I was not talking to my parents at this time. I believe, I didn't know how I was going to do it, but I really believe that when you make a commitment, 
like a down-to-your-toes commitment, the universe revolves to help you reach your goal. And I was a journalist writing for the San Francisco Business Times, and I was hired for a freelance project to interview women who were smart with money. And those interviews changed my life. I not only got smart with money, but I wrote my first book, Prince Charming Isn't Coming, How Women Get Smart About Money. And suddenly I had this whole new career <laughs> helping women, <laughs> doing financial education for women. And I was traveling all over the country. And my book was doing great, but I couldn't make money. It's like no matter how hard I worked, I couldn't make money. So I started interviewing women who made six figures. And I made six figures three times more than I ever made before I even finished writing my next book, Secrets of Six-Figure Women. Yeah. And I wanted to see, right, while I was still writing that book, I wanted to see if I could teach people what I, was, what, I, what I had learned. And so I started giving Overcoming Under-Earning Workshops, which became the subject of my third book, Overcoming Under-Earnings. So that's how I got here. And then my fourth book, Sacred Success, A Course in Financial Miracles. That's, uh, that's awesome. I've, I've heard you describe um, this before in other interviews, and it just is it's such an amazing story of transformation around money. And oh. I mean, you, you started as a writer when you first started uh, working. Is that, is that right? I, um, I started as a – well, I, I had – I got my master's in counseling psychology. Ah. And I was working – as a career counselor and then I moved from Kansas City and I came to San Francisco I didn't I got burnt out I didn't want to do that anymore and so I got a I got a job with the San Francisco Business Times and I freelance doing journalism yes mm -hmm. so it's interesting now because with my background in career counseling and and counseling psychology and my uh, my, my, my writing experience it just does tell so much with what I do, which is coaching and teaching and writing. Yeah, it's amazing how that's all come together. I, I know um, you share this view, too, of how everything that we do in our backgrounds somehow kind of comes together in a common thread that helps us do the work that we're doing today. Do you feel that that's the case for you? And we can never see it at the time. Yeah. There was no way I could see. I mean, what happened with me, I have th since thanked my father profusely for not lending me the money. <laughs> I have thanked my husband for scurrying me over, and we're quite good friends now. I have thanked them because if it wasn't for that, I would never be where I am today, and I could never have the impact. And I truly believe that God gave me my parents and my gambling husband because this was the work I was supposed to do. Wow. That's an amazing way to come to terms with, uh, with everything that's happened. And, uh, I mean, it explains... Oh, Go ahead. It's all been a blessing. It's all been a gift. That's great. At, now, at the time, I didn't think so. That's after years of therapy or so. <laughs> I hear you. <laughs> and it, yeah. But it does explain the, the deep empathy that you have for the women and uh, yeah. stories that you tell in your books. So, um, yes. Um, is, is that what you think goes into making your business particularly unique or special, that you, you bring all of these elements to it? Or is it, or is it something I, I, I think what makes, because there's tons of people doing coaching and writing about money, I think what makes my business unique is, one, 
my, I specialize, I only work with women. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I'll work with couples, but only if the woman has been my client. And two, because I came up through the trenches, I realized mm-hmm. that getting smart about money is a three-pronged process. It's the outer work of wealth, the inner work of wealth, and the higher work of wealth. In other words, it's a combination of the practical stuff, the psychological, and the spiritual. And I think what makes my business unique is I weave those together. And so it, because I always say problems with money are never about money. And whatever's going on with issues with money is going on in other areas of your life. So the work I do is more than just figuring out how to save more money. It's really a personal transformation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, money is so meaningful, way beyond the value of, yeah, you can buy stuff with it. It really touches on so many things like self-worth and how you're seeing yourself in the world and what value you have to offer and that you bring in your work or if you have a business as an entrepreneur. I, I truly believe, and I, I, I discovered this 20 years ago when I wrote my first book, that I truly believe that women's problem with money has very little to do with money and has everything to do with their fear of or ambivalence around power. Mm. And I think because men and women view wealth and power through very different lenses. And until we women understand that the way we view power and the way we exercise power is valid and needed in this world. And, and uh, uh, can I say a little bit more about that? Please do, yeah. So for men, by and large, men exercise power by asserting control. Mm-hmm. Women exercise power by building relationships. For men, wealth and power are the ultimate goal. For women, wealth and power are a means to an end. It's a tool. It's a tool because the end is finding ways to help others. And I believe, in my definition of a powerful woman is someone who knows who she is, who knows what she wants, and expresses that in the world. And so basically, our fear of power is our fear of speaking up, of asking what we want, of being the final authority in our lives instead of watering ourselves down so we don't make waves. Mm. Well, and, and that's the impact I want to have. To me, I work with women around money, but the money is the metaphor for power, that I want to empower women so they can become leaders alongside in partnership with men. In, in, in their homes, in the PTA meetings, in the businesses, in the global landscape. Well, and it so much ties in with what you said about women wanting money and power to build. Uh, they, it's a tool for building relationships, and that it's kind of the dark side of, of wanting it's, to build relationships a, that we, we tend to give away our power in that. Or do you see it differently? We, uh, let me just uh, clarify that. Mm-hmm. The way we exercise power is through building relationships. Mm-hmm. Because women are very relationship-oriented. It is not power over, it is power with. It's our collaboration right. that gives us the most satisfaction. Now, what the ultimate goal is, why we create wealth, why we want power, is not for the money. You ask a man, 
no matter how much money he has, if he wants more, and yeah, <laughs> you ask a woman, once she's financially stable, once she has food on the table, a roof over our heads, uh, kind of enough money to have her hair done and get her mani-pedis, money is no longer the goal. It's a desired outcome. It's a desired outcome. But the ultimate goal is greatness. And it, I define greatness as paraphrasing a, a uh, quote by Fred Buchner. Greatness is that place where your deep gladness, doing what you were put on this earth to do, meets the world's deep hunger. I love that quote. And that, that is what drives women by and large. Mm -hmm. that the money is not important. It's not the ultimate goal. Mm -hmm. I love that you talk about greatness and power in your books because it's something that isn't often discussed in the context of women, even in leadership. Um, no, I think we have a very misguided notion of power. And because, as I said, men view it differently than women. And men's is not wrong. Women's is not wrong. It's when we can come together and each uh, honor our own nature that I think we're going to change this world and make it a lot healthier place. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I really didn't discover this. So what I, Secret Success, what I thought it was going to be, after I wrote Overcoming six, Secrets of Six Figure Women and Overcoming Under Earning, I was making six figures. No, no problem. And I woke up one night and I thought, oh, I know what I want now. I want to make millions, I want to help millions, and I want to give millions. Mm -hmm. That was my new mantra. And I thought, I know I'm going to do it. I'm going to interview women who make millions. And then I'm going to write my book about it. And so I started interviewing women who made millions. And it was no problem finding them. But three years later, I had no book. I was nowhere near making millions. And I was burned out. And I was working with a coach at the time. And she said to me, Barbara, you're way too into doing. You need time for just being. Mm -hmm. So I knew she was right. So I took four days retreat. I went two hours from my home to this hotel. And I took my transcripts with me. Because there was something in there I just knew that I had missed. Something in there. And when I went over the transcripts in those four days, I realized it wasn't the fact that these women were making so much money. That wasn't the real story. It was how they were doing it. They were doing it in a very different way than what the role, what the, 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 the world of men, males model. Mm. And when I got that, my life changed and I immediately had a book. Wow. That's great. Is, is that how you see your impact in the larger world? Are you part of shifting women's perception of themselves and their ability to access their own greatness? I'd like to think so. I'd like to think, I used to think I was here to empower women financially. I used to think that was my purpose. Mm -hmm. and, and it is. It is, but it's not my higher purpose. Mm -hmm. uh, I use that. It's a metaphor. Uh, my highest purpose is to be a spiritual teacher. That's great. And I use money as a metaphor so that women can really step fully into their power. Mm 
and make a difference in the world. And I really believe empowering women will change this world. I, I truly believe that. And it will free men too. Yeah, I absolutely agree. I think that if we're all moving towards our greatest potential, it's empowering for everyone. So I, I coined this word for this work I do, metaphysical. <laughs> and, and what I believe metaphysical is when you, in, you blend the practical with the spiritual. And I believe when you infuse um, the, talk, the conversation about the divine into conversation about the almighty dollar, financial success becomes a, a transformational journey, a healing process, a rite of passage into our power. So I, I really see that I really want to make financial success have meaning for people. Not just to put more money in the bank, but to make a difference in the world. Yeah, the more I move into this work that focuses on impact, the, the more I see opportunities for everyone to make a difference in their own way, whatever their, right. whatever their higher purpose is. Yeah. And so the, one of the most important pieces of financial success is being very clear what our purpose is, mm -hmm. why we're here. Mm -hmm. And I know for women, because we, are, we want money, but we're not necessarily motivated by it, I define sacred success as pursuing your soul's purpose for your own bliss and the benefit of others while being richly rewarded. That's great. And I think when you identify your soul's purpose, that's what I found with these women who are making millions. They were so clear on their purpose that no matter what the obstacle, no matter what the hurdle, no matter how tough things got, their purpose was far more stronger than their fear. That's great. I, something just struck me about the way that you stated your highest purpose, and it, it's it's so connected with impact. Um, you you talk about it in terms of being something as opposed to causing something to happen outside of you. Do you think that's accidental or or meaningful? Well, I, I don't know. I I want to spread. I I, I want. My prayer every day, every morning is, God, use me. God, use me well. Mm -hmm. So I, my purpose, I, I'm, para I'm taking a quote from, straight from Mother Teresa. <laughs> I want to be a pencil in God's hand. Mm -hmm. And that is my purpose, to be a pencil, that God used me. And I think God gave me all my past. And God gave me my love of finances so that I could make it an impact. Mm -hmm. And my my goal is that women don't need me anymore. Mm -hmm. That's great. That every woman has stepped into her power and has taken the financial reins. Yeah, that's wonderful. Um, yeah, I, I I can hear that you're so passionate about what you do. I am. And, yeah. <laughs> I love that. I, oh, I am. 
Um, why, why is it important to you to have impact with your business? Is it be, because it speaks to that deeper purpose? Because that's what gives me meaning. Mm. That's what, it, it's not, um, I mean, it's great. I love, I, you know, I remember walking with my father by a bookstore 30 years ago, 40 mm -hmm. years ago. And I thought, boy, if I, could, if I could ever write a book and see it in that window, I would feel important. I would feel like I'm complete. And I self-published a book that was picked up by Random House in 1984. And it was called How to Be Happily Employed. Hmm. And I walked by that bookstore, and they had seven copies hanging from string in the window. And you know, I didn't feel important. It didn't feed my soul. Hmm. So I have been looking for what feeds my soul ever since. Because I knew the money and success and fame and fortune wasn't going to do it for me. And so what feeds my soul is knowing I've made a difference and I have impact. That's what puts a smile on my face. <laughs> yeah, me too. I think that's uh, an amazing thing to uh well, clearly to you do too. Yeah. What yeah. <laughs> one of the things that I've been talking with people about is their values and how that ties in with the the business they have and the impact that they want to have. I, I, my belief is that your values really play such a key and foundational role in determining what impact you want to have. Do you feel like your values inform your business, that they're an important aspect? Oh, yeah. Yeah, very much. And I think one of the interesting things when I work with clients, I help them see, are they using their money to reflect their values mm -hmm. or not? I think values are key to making any decision. Yeah, I agree. And in what ways have you brought your beliefs and values into your business? Well, okay, my, my number one value mm -hmm. is deep connection. Mm -hmm. Deep connection with, with another. And that's why everything I do is deep. Like my coaching is very deep. And my workshops, my teleseminars, very deep. Like, I, it would hard, be hard for me to just do something on how to tell a stock from a bond. You know, I, I couldn't do it unless we went deep. Mm -hmm. Unless I get very connected. I get very connected with my clients and my students. I become friends with many of them. Mm -hmm. But that connection. And spirituality is another high value. And I was too afraid until I wrote Sacred Success. I have been too afraid to be open about my spirituality in regard to money. I was terrified. I was terrified that people would think less of me. And, and it, there was always something missing. And finally, it took me seven years to write the damn book, but finally I said, I'm coming out of my spiritual closet and I'm going to blend my practicality. And I talk about investing and all of that, but I'm going to talk about spirituality too. Because my journey to understanding money, to making more and managing it wisely, has been a very spiritual process, mm -hmm. as well as a very practical one. Right. And that's the impact I want to have. So people are attracted to me, come to me when they have... I don't get people that, just, that aren't spiritual. They just don't. Well, and I think... But I also... Go, go ahead. But I also... 
what I also, my clients, you know, they, 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 are, they are spiritual, but their feet are on the ground. Mm-hmm. Or I plant their feet on the ground. <laughs> well, I think that's what makes that book, Sacred Success, so unique is because it really does blend the practical and the spiritual. So, um, yeah, I'm very proud of it. It was scary for me to write, really scary. Yeah. I was terrified when it came out. But yeah, I'm re- I've gotten some really good feedback, so I feel good about it. Yeah. Well, it's been, it seems to me that spirituality has more entered the conversation um, worldwide, really, in the past 10 years, more, much more so than ever before. Have you, have you noticed a trend like that? that it's, yeah, uh, yeah I, 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 I do notice. And I do notice. And I, even in, like, the Wall Street Journal, they'll talk about spirituality. They'll talk about, uh, they'll, they, there, there is definitely people crave meaning mm-hmm. in their lives. People crave something bigger than them. And I think uh, that's exciting. Yeah, I agree. That's uh, when, when what you do is deeply meaningful, it just um, adds a whole layer of motivation and energy and excitement. And, uh, and all of those things pull you through challenging times as well. Exactly. The, the the problem is too many people out there don't think they can do their something meaningful and be well paid for it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or can be meaningful and create wealth. Right. And there's a lot of misguided notions about this. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the things that I I that's part of the impact I want to make. That the universe wants us to be abundant, and this is an abundant universe. Well, and, and even um, research is bearing this out. I mean, you've given so many wonderful examples of that in your books, and there have been uh, consultants that have done large-scale research where companies that focus on the impact they're having and all their stakeholders, they're making 12 to 14 times more than companies that are simply focused on maximizing profit. So there's an abundance of evidence for, for that approach of not just making money, but rather making meaning and through that financial success. Um, well, I should like to see more of that. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's a wonderful book called Conscious Capitalism that talks about that. And, oh, I've heard of that. Yeah, and there's a one that preceded it called Firms of Endearment, which uh, they they t- first, I think, I believe they were among the first to really talk about that research. So, um, it's great to know that it's it's bearing out in that way, um, and it's something that I work with clients on too in uh, in the coaching that I do so it's uh, um, it's great to hear you talk about it as well in your work have you run into um, obstacles or barriers or, or problems in making the impact that you want to have and if so can, would you share an example of, of uh, what one, one of those barriers was and how you moved through it I remember Years and years and years and years ago, God, in the 90s, when I was writing for the San Francisco Business Times, and I remember asking one woman who 
worked in sports. She was a sportscaster, and I was doing an article about her. And I said, you're working in a man's world. Tell me about all the obstacles you faced. She goes, I haven't faced any obstacles. I said, you've got to be kidding me. Said, I can't think of any. <laughs> and what, I, what I've seen about successful people, I, that's a, my first example, is they don't see problems as obstacles. Mm-hmm. They see them as opportunity. And I've tried to adopt, tried, that's the operative word here, that every obstacle, everything that happens is an opportunity. And for example, um, all my books, all my books, the agent sent it out to like 30 publishers and 29 turned it down. (laughs) One publisher said yes. Um, When I wrote my my first book to uh, Penguin, Making Penguin. Mm-hmm. They asked me to send. Now I'm I'm a journalist, right? I'm a professional writer, right. <clears throat> but writing a book and writing a, an, an article is very different. I I came to see. Mm-hmm. So I wrote the first four chapters as my um, as as my editor asked, and she asked me to send them to her. And so I sent them to her, and she reamed me across the coals for twenty minutes. She sat there and told me how crappy it was. Wow. It it. It hurt like you wouldn't believe. But I will tell you, because of that, I learned very quickly how to write books. Very quickly. And it's a whole different thing than writing an article. So what I've come to see is every obstacle I had has made my life better, made me better because of it. Do I like the obstacles? No. (laughs) I hate them. I hate them, but I know, I know it's divine intervention to help me learn what I need to learn. I love that perspective. That's great. Well, and you've been able to to turn some difficult situations on their ear in that way and really benefit from them. It's it's awesome to hear that. Uh, yes, every difficult situation I've been through, including two prior divorces, mm-hmm. I have learned and grown from them, and have thanked my exes. Yeah, that's great. And now I have a really good husband. Awesome. I'm really happy for you. (laughs) That's great. I'm happy for me too. (laughs) Well, one of the things that are um, the the listeners of the podcast, they're they're mostly entrepreneurs and uh, wondering about how do you talk about the impact that you want to have? And I wonder if, if that's something that you make very clear in your marketing or in conversations with clients. Or is that something that yeah. is... I want to empower every woman financially. So she is financially independent. I talk about impact all the time. It's, it's totally who I am. It's totally what I do. Everyone who knows me knows that I want to have... You know, I want to make millions, help millions, give millions. I want to have impact. That's, that's where my meaning comes from. That's where most women's meaning comes from. Yeah, that's great. If there was some insight or advice that you would share with another business owner who's asking themselves, how can I positively affect my own world and the larger world? Uh, how can I have impact? What, what would you offer them as insight or advice? Take it one step at a time, one person at a time. You know, it's not about making a global impact. It's about starting, you know, wherever you're planted and whoever the universe sends you 
that's where you make your impact. And the second, I would say, which I say to anybody, including my kids, including me, do what you fear. Hmm. Because that's how you grow. And it's, I think, entrepreneurs, women in general, people in general, it's always by doing what they fear. Because on the other fear, the other side of fear is where you find your power. So my, my kids, to this day, they're in their 30s and 40s. To this day, ever since they've been little, they will call me when they get stuck or confused or overwhelmed. And they say, what should I do, Mom? And they know exactly what I'm going to say. I'll say, what, what are you most afraid to do? And they'll say, this and this. I'll say, well, that's exactly what you need to do. And they'll say, thank you. <laughs> and they know I'm going to say it. But that's, that's what I always, whenever I get scared, and I get scared a lot. I do. I get scared a lot. I, I always say, yes, that's, uh, that's how I'm going to go to the next level. Mm -hmm. That's where my impact is going to be strongest. I love that. I, uh, I mean, both pieces of advice, that one step at a time, I, I think we often feel like, well, impact, it has to be something big or grandiose. And you can only begin from where you are right now. And, and grandiosity, having to have big impact, mm -hmm. that, that's from the ego. Mm -hmm. That's from the fearful part of you. And, and I get in my ego, believe me, Ursula, I get in my ego, oh, I want to make millions of make millions, no, help millions, but truly, when, when my soul, when I'm in my soul, when I feel really grounded, the next person who calls me, the next person who comes to my class, that's where my impact is. Mm -hmm. When people, when I'll give a speech and I'll see people walk out, I can go, I can freak out, but then I have to remind myself, but these people here, I can make an impact on them. Those three people that walk out, I can't. But these people who are sitting here, I can. Yeah. That's great. I mean, being really present to the people that are with you and how you can um, yeah. have an impact there. It's great. And, and the doing what you fear part, that is so, that's such a wonderful lesson because we're all, we all have our own fears and how do we move through them in an effective way? And I love your advice about go do that thing. <laughs> See, there, I, as what I found from interviewing successful women is there is no such theor, thing as fearless mm -hmm. in the world of work, in the world, period. It's not about resisting fear. It's not about trying to repress your fear. It's being afraid and doing it anyway, not letting your fear stop you. Yeah, I so agree. And uh, I want to thank you so much, Barbara, for joining us on the podcast. I've uh, you've been inspiring to me and I'm sure will uh, inspiring to the listeners today. I, uh, you bring a whole level of connection between the practical and the spiritual. It's so meaningful and helps bring meaning to people's work and lives. So um, I want to thank you so much for taking the time to be here and, and talking with me. Thank you, Ursula. I've really enjoyed talking to you. Really enjoyed it. Thank you. That's oh, great to hear. Thank you. So if people want to get in touch with you, what's the best way for them to reach you? My website, Barbara Stanny, S-T-A-N-N-Y, BarbaraStanny.com. Okay, great. And your books are available on Amazon? Amazon. Barnes & Noble, everywhere. Yes. <laughs> That's great. 
Well, wonderful. Thank you again. Uh, so appreciate your, uh, your words. Thank so you. join us for more podcasts on impact. Subscribe to the Work Alchemy podcast channel on iTunes or Stitcher Radio so you'll be notified as soon as new podcasts are available. Thank you to everyone listening for being here. Until next time, keep that positive flow of energy going in your business so you can have your own impact.